Welcome to The Bittersweet Life, a show that's dedicated to the expat in all of us. Whether you're currently living abroad or you once did live abroad, even if you just dream of travel and adventure, this is a show for you. And if you're new to the show, I encourage you to go all the way back to episode one, back to the beginning. Being an expat, being a traveler is so much about beginnings and endings. So join us for the entire journey. Be sure to tell your friends, spread the word. And now, onto the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we're going to face up to a harsh reality, which is something we, we've talked about a little, but not very much. We haven't really mentioned too much that we Americans are not allowed in Italy right now. Or anywhere. Or anywhere, really. Almost anywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Americans are grounded. We are not even allowed to go to Canada. Yeah, that's <sighs> insane, especially being in Seattle. It's so close. What is it, an hour and a half drive from Seattle? Uh, it's about two hours. Yeah. I was just telling you how much I kind of love the idea of getting out of town for a couple of days and you were like why don't you go to Vancouver yeah like, oh, and we were both like Oops. oh no yeah uh. and granted we're not really all supposed to be traveling anyway right now but it is summer and or the tail end of summer and people are really jonesing to get out there and looking for the possible places that they can go and it's funny because I think a lot of times in the summer people go to visit relatives and you really kind of can't in most cases, reasonably go visit relatives in the way that you would have in the past. Mm -hmm. It's just not that easy anymore because you have to stay apart from each other or wear masks the whole time or, you know, be like a bunch of people in the U.S. that are just not doing that and taking their chances. But it's not like you can just say, well, I've got some time off. I think I'll go visit my grandma. Yeah. You can't do it. So people are definitely looking around, looking around here, trying to figure out, well, where can I go? What would be safe? And everywhere you look... Nope. Nope, it's not safe, or nope, there's nothing available. Well, one, I mean, we can get to the bigger thing about the fact that I can't even come over there and work with you at this point uh, because of this illness. But on a smaller scale, at least in Washington state, which is a very outdoorsy state, people are looking to camp. People are camping because camping is one of the things that you can do, keep it within your family you're pretty much alone the whole time. You're outside, which everybody needs to be outside. But it's funny because if you're missing any kind of camping equipment, mm. you can't get it. It's all sold out. Jeez. If you have delayed on getting finding a campsite permit at any of the popular spots, they're sold out through the end of September. Whoa. So people are having to get really creative and finding remote spots to go. I even have a friend where he was trying to find a place to go with another family and what they ended up doing instead was that family came and camped in his backyard <laughs> <laughs> and so it was sort of like they went on a camping trip but not really I guess easier to just oh my do that. gosh <laughs> now call me ignorant and I am ignorant about camping not that I wouldn't enjoy doing it empirically um, <laughs> but you can't just like trudge into the forest and pitch your tent I'm assuming in most places. I mean, I'm no expert on camping either, but no, there are regulations. Okay. And and it depends on where you're going. If it's 
you know, state or federal land. There are different regulations. What's the deal with flying within the United States? I mean, I'm, I, assume, I mean, obviously I know that people are flying because I'm sure people are flying for work or for other essential reasons, but can you get on a flight and just fly across the country or will you be asked, what are you doing? Where are you going? Like if you wanted to go to New York, could you do that? Yeah, you can do that. You can. Yep. But people are are not wanting to because of the risk, I assume, and obviously not to create, not to make the problem worse. Yeah, I think some people are just doing it mm-hmm. to each their own. But um, but yeah, I, I don't know that there are any state to state restrictions currently. It's my understanding, at least, that you could go anywhere. I, but most people I know are sort of skittish to fly, and particularly to fly a further distance. So you're seeing some people who might be willing to fly. Seattle to Boise, but wouldn't be less inclined to fly from Seattle to New York. Just longer. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Although I did read an article somewhere about how it's actually not that likely that you'll get sick in the airplane. Uh, And I think maybe you were telling me it's the airport where you get sick. But yeah, I mean, so you'd think maybe the length of the flight doesn't actually make a huge difference. Well, also because people don't want to share public bathrooms. So Mm. if you're going on a flight to New York, the likelihood that you're going to have to use the uh, little tiny compartment at some point is higher. Yes, of course. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's, I don't know, for me personally, flying without any kind of drink service or snacks or anything like that just seems sort of torturous. (laughs) You You never thought that a can of soda was so valuable before. They're not serving any food at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's not worth it. It really doesn't seem worth it unless you have to absolutely have to go. But then you could, you know, just pile in the car and, and take off on a super long car ride and get away from populous you know, King County, Washington, or populous whatever Western Washington state and maybe go somewhere a little bit more rural that might not have as much demand on the camping areas? Yeah, I don't know. I, I know Derek's certainly been looking into it because he's much more the camper in this household. Mm-hmm. He and a buddy are going somewhere in the coming weeks, but I don't remember where it was that they found. You know what popped into my head was just, I think it was maybe two years ago, maybe three, that we were taping an episode about how everyone was like desperately trying to find a place to watch the eclipse oh yeah and people weren't finding <laughs> flights and they weren't finding hotels or bnbs because everything was booked and it seemed like such a, an urgent matter <laughs> to get to a place where you could see the eclipse this once in a lifetime opportunity and now that seems so incredibly not important <laughs> <laughs> i know i wonder what, if that were happening now how it would be different yeah it's just it's an interesting phenomenon, the thought of so many people that are just immobile, you know, that can move a little bit. You know, so many fewer people are moving around right now, not just Americans, but I mean, during the full on almost worldwide lockdown that was going on in during March, April, May, I don't have any statistics, but the number of people moving around must have dropped by like 95% or something. Yeah, pretty incredible. I mean, we Italians, we weren't allowed to go beyond 200 feet of our homes, 200 meters of our homes. That's extreme. But that extremeness is why you're going to parks and stuff now, like why you're able to do stuff now. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I'm, yeah, I'm grateful that we put in the effort. Uh, Well, we were forced to. (laughs) We didn't have a choice if we didn't want to get like a huge fine. I have a question out of curiosity's sake. We're gonna have to figure out a way to make this episode not depressing (laughs) for those of us in the United States. Yeah. But 
How much do you actually think about now when you go out? Just today, you went to what? Rome, Roma World, Gladiator World. Where'd you go? <laughs> yeah, it's called Roma World. Yeah, it's kind of like an amusement park, ancient Rome-themed amusement park. Right. Very fun, by the way. Had a good time. So, but I mean, how much thought do you put into something like that now? Or do you just go, it's safe, let's go? Um, I mean, it's all outside, first of all. And I mean, I didn't know how crowded it would be. I knew that they had measures to keep the numbers really low anyway. There were probably... 40 people in the entire place. And it's not huge. It's not like Disneyland or anything. There were not a lot of people there. I'm not surprised by that. Also because it's a new attraction. Hasn't been around a long time. Not a lot of people know about it. But I mean, this is the extent of it. And, I'm, and I don't mean to make you feel bad about it. But we make sure we have our masks. We make sure we have hand sanitizer. And we do try to social distance. But in pla- a place like that, it just wasn't difficult to social distance simply because there were not a lot of people and it was a wide open space. Uh, there were certain people that we didn't social distance from, I got to say, because I did archery and the guy teaching me, he standing behind me to show me how to do it. I mean, he was touching me. We both sanitized our hands right before, but I couldn't have a mask on to do it. You can't wear a mask while you're doing archery, apparently, because you have to like have your hand really close to your mouth. And it, I guess, I guess you can, it gets in the way or whatever. So, I mean... I don't want to sound flippant like I'm not being careful because we are pretty careful. We pretty much follow all the rules that Italy has put out. But I do have to say that, that Italy's numbers are starting to go up again. And I don't want to scare anybody because it's not bad. The numbers are not bad, I don't want to say yet, but if you look at it as a trajectory, it is slowly starting to go back up. And it could be the beginning of a second wave. And if you look at Spain's numbers, they're in a full-on second wave. And France is somewhere between Spain and Italy in terms of of that second wave and so you know you do think about it and you think well Claudio said you know I'm even though we we didn't really have the chance to to really travel this summer he said you know it's not really a good idea to leave your own country right now even though we could go somewhere else in Europe you know we wouldn't have chosen to do that it's just not a good idea right now. It's a good idea to stay as close to home as, as you possibly can. And I mean, we're lucky in Italy that we have so many beautiful places to go even close by. That's one great thing about living in Italy. So we're very grateful for that. But here's an interesting little tidbit. There's a new rule that if you are an Italian and you travel in certain parts of Europe and you come back into Italy, obviously you're going to come back if you're living in Italy, you come back, when you come back, you have to have a test. And I think you have to quarantine until the results of your test come back, which luckily here is only like a day or two. And you have to quarantine until your test results are back as negative. But, and this is the interesting thing part, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a great idea, actually. But they're not enforcing that rule for other Europeans who are coming to Italy. They're only enforcing that rule for Italians returning to Italy from abroad. And what that tells me is like, it's kind of a half-hearted attempt. Like, yes, they're making an effort. But on the other hand, it's like, we need the tourists. We're not going to make them do it because we need them there so bad, here so badly. And we don't want them to decide not to come to Italy because they don't want to have to quarantine for the first two days of their trip. Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. We depend on you to pay for the enjoyment that you get listening to this show. For all the ideas you've gained, all the great authors you've spent time with, for the intimate adventure that we're on. This show isn't free. It comes with monthly costs for us 
and weekly time commitments that are as encompassing as a part-time job. If you love it, please pay for it. My thanks this week to our patrons at patreon.com. Your monthly commitment to us means extra episodes for you. Check it out. There's a link in the show notes. And a huge thank you to those of you who donate one time or monthly through PayPal using the donate button at our website. For monthly donors of $10 or more on PayPal, I will soon be getting you extra content as well. Thank you so much, especially some of you who have been with us since nearly the beginning. This week, my great thanks goes out to Ed, Terry, Nonato, David, Karen, and Rod. Thank you so much for your support. Check your mailboxes. You'll be getting some special things and a thank you note from us very soon. Love the show? You listen free. That's true. But if you have the means, say thank you for all you've gained by listening, even if it was just a smile or a laugh. There are links in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Now, on with the show. Since you have tourists there, but you don't have any American tourists there right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a former tour guide. Well, I mean, you are a tour guide, but I mean, a person who took Vatican tours on a regular basis. Right. With big, vast groups of tourists, basically, is what I mean. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. No. Way, even if it weren't for COVID. I stopped doing that a long time ago. But yes. So, yes, she is still a tour guide. If you ever get to go there again, you can hire her to take you <laughs> and your little family out. But going back to when you were like the mass tour guide for the masses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That When I first started. Did you get different vibes from different groups? Different like countries? Yeah, yeah. Like. This is a bad example because it sounds like I'm being a jerk, but I used to work at a German restaurant and Wednesdays were German night. On German night, a lot of Germans would come. It was the only night of the week that a ton of German people came, which was great, except they didn't tip very well. Probably (laughs) because tipping in Europe is a different thing than tipping in the United States. And maybe they just didn't know any better. But But the girl that had to work that night always just felt like she was working her or butt off for like nothing for pennies you know so these were not german americans they were germans they were germans, they were germans yeah. from germany um okay i will tell you a few and i hope i don't offend anyone most of my things are probably most of these things are going to be positive but i might offend someone i hope i don't i will say that by and large 99 percent of the time american tourists are super nice they really are they're open, they're friendly, they're like ready to just assume that, that good things are going to happen. I don't know, it must be an American thing. It's like you tell them something like the beginning of a tour, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And oh, that sounds great. Like they're enthusiastic. They're happy to be there. They really want their trip to go well. And they're going to do what it takes to make that trip go well. <laughs> and they're just friendly. And I don't know, I just, obviously, when you get into mass tourism, any group of people from one country are going to be obnoxious, like if they're all together. You can't avoid it. It doesn't matter where they're from. But on an individual level, I found and have always found American tourists to be super friendly, super nice, easygoing, ready to have a good time. Canadians, pretty much the same. Uh, I never saw a huge difference between Americans and Canadian tourists. Maybe the Canadians are a little more laid back. (laughs) A little less got to get to all three major sites in a day. (laughs) Like the American ethos, get as much done as possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, the truth is I, I work primarily with tourists who are native English speakers. So I can't tell you that much about tourists from other countries, but I mean, one thing I've always noticed about Spanish tourists is 
Okay, Italians are loud. Spanish people are louder. They're <laughs> so loud. Like, you always know when they're Spanish people, except for when they're Brazilians, because the Brazilians are louder than the Spanish. Like, they're just, like, off the charts. We were once on a train, Claudia and I. It was from Munich all the way back to somewhere in Italy. And it was a gorgeous train ride because it went over the Alps and it was beautiful. But there were all these Brazilians in the train car with us and we were losing our minds. <laughs> so <laughs> not to be offensive to Brazilians, but you guys probably know you're loud. Could be a point of pride. Yeah. Has Claudio said anything about, since Claudio's back to work guarding the Vatican, has he said anything about what it's like to be there right now? Uh, he says that it's gotten to the point where that it's very crowded again. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he Technically, they're only allowing 4,000 people per day into the Vatican Museums. Now, last year at this time, high season, midsummer, we were seeing upwards of 40,000 people coming in in a day. Wow. And when I was doing tours, the highest I ever saw it, and it was like a record then, over 10 years ago, 20, 23, maybe 25,000 people, huge record. And I remember being like just crushed by bodies. So 40,000, I, I can't even imagine. And Claudio says, you can't even imagine it. It's like wall-to-wall people, you can't move. So 4,000 sounds like a lot less, but he, he's like, I don't know. He said, you know, that's the rule, but I don't know. It feels like more than 4,000 people to me. So I don't know. Maybe they're just saying they're only letting in 4,000 people, but they're letting in more. I don't know. That's just speculation. But um, he says all of the tourists in Italy, in Rome right now, and there are not nearly as many as usual, but all of the ones that are here are at the Vatican. That's just where they all are. <laughs> Has he told you where they're from? Um, yeah. He says they're mostly Spanish, French, German, Dutch, Scandinavian, European, basically. There are American tourists in Italy. That's the thing. There, it's not like there are zero because there are lots of Americans living in Europe. They can come to Italy if they're, if they're residents of Europe. So it's not like you never hear an American voice. I mean, I'm here. I'm American. So there are, I mean, not that I'm a tourist, but I could go to France and I would be an American tourist in France, one of the few right now. I'm not going to do that though. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it is bizarre because, you know, Americans make up the majority of tourists in so much of the world. Not in Southeast Asia. I think you'll see many more like Australians in that part of the world. But in Europe, the vast majority from one country are going to be Americans. And so to have an entire population just not be there, I mean, the absence is felt. You can feel it. Not that that's a bad thing or a good thing. It's just, I mean, it's bad in some senses and it's nice in other senses, but it is something that is notable, especially in the summer because Americans tend to travel in summer. Whereas, you know, the Europeans are going to take their weekend mini breaks any time of the year. You're more likely to see Europeans like in off season. But it is unusual and it is, I hope, you know, a once in a once in a history thing that it won't happen again. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, obviously the whole world is more locked down than it has been. But I think that Americans have definitely operated from a place of privilege for a long time when it comes to travel, but not even just when it comes to travel, because obviously not everyone in the U United States can afford to travel. It's almost like the reputation of how great this country is, whether or not that's been true. And we know that there's a gazillion problems with the way the United States is operated, but just the reputation that we're this shining star or we're this country that other countries aspire to, at least nationally, regardless of how we felt about each other internally, we've always felt nationally, 
at least we're the best country in the world. Well, the American exceptionalism, that's what it is. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying we are the best country in the world. I'm saying that that's part of the narrative. That's what we're taught when we're little kids, for sure. That's absolutely what we're taught. The truth is we are or we have been considered a model for many other countries. And many countries in Europe look up to the United States or have. Like I keep saying have because I don't know if they still do. Well, and because of that, being banned from everywhere, even though it's for it's a very good, very, very good reason. It's so ironic. I think too. it just is. It, it, it just be, it's just such a different feeling when normally you think that any country you travel to and you're American, people say, oh, where, where are you from? Oh, I'm from America. They always say, oh, oh, America. <laughs> yes. Oh, Hollywood yeah. or whatever they've heard about like, it. Yeah. Wow. New York. Uh... Hollywood, yeah. Starbucks. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Starbucks. So I think to have it be, no, no, we'd actually really prefer that you didn't come right now, America. You're being like the bad, spoiled child who can't get your stuff under control. Yeah. And I mean, I think about all the travel addicts or travel bloggers or that's your one passion. Like that's the one thing in life that you love and you just, you can't go anywhere. It must be. I feel like that. I kind of feel like that. And it's definitely not the one thing I love in life. (laughs) I have an idea for you, Katie. I thought of recently. Okay. So you might remember, those of you listening, when we talked about Raphael's birthday. Yes. Actually, sorry, it's his death day. The 500th anniversary of his death was in April of this year. And Katie had toyed with the idea of coming to Rome because they did a big exhibit. Exhibit is actually still on and we have to go to it because it's ending in like a few weeks. Um, Make sure I don't miss that. But not just to go to the exhibit, but also to make a tour of the city and see all of the work of works of art that he has in churches and stuff. You can go back actually and listen to my mini episode, Raphael, if you haven't already. But you had mentioned that, oh, I'd love to come for that day. Because I think you, like myself, we like those sort of special historic moments yes. and anniversaries. And I talked about going to Vienna on the 250th anniversary. I think it was 250 of the death of Mozart. Anyway, this is what I thought of. Go back and listen, if you haven't already, to a mini episode, a bittersweet moment just a few weeks ago called How's Coping Going? You talked about John Keats yes. and how he died on your birthday, February 23rd. Yeah. Not the same year, clearly. <laughs> um, yes, about 150 years prior to me being born, he died. Yes. On my birthday. I went and I looked that up to get the exact date, the exact year, and it's 1821, Katie, mm-hmm. which means that next year mm-hmm. on your birthday is the 200th anniversary of John Keats's death, oh. which of course happened in Rome. He's buried in Rome. He, you know, died in the Keats Jelly House on the Spanish Steps. Yes. And I thought, you know, since you weren't able to come to Rome in April of 2020, you could make your new goal to come for your birthday in 2021. And it would be perfect. I do love that goal. Yeah, isn't it That's great? It's coming up quick. It is coming up quick. I mean, it's about six months from now. Almost exactly. I thought the Americans were hypothetically banned from Italy until March of 2021. I don't think that that's official. I think that they talked about not even opening the borders until March, but that was months ago before any of this was official. Okay. I think they're reevaluating the travel stuff kind of on a regular basis. So... I find it hard to believe that in February, I mean, gosh, I don't want to make any predictions. Yeah, because let's not even go down that road. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I do love that idea and I will definitely do it if I can be there. 
But you have to be there with me to do an episode. Well, of course. Of course. Where where, where am I going to be, Katie? (laughs) Right. But I thought you were going to say that what we really need to do is get a business license for this show so that I can be like, I have a business reason to be here. (laughs) Oh, well, hey, see, you're more pragmatic than I am. Let's do that too. My coworker is here. I have to move in. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Well, why not? Let's do that. I mean, I think that's pretty easy to do in America. I mean, comparatively in Italy, getting a business license costs like $100,000 or something. (laughs) Jeez. Well, maybe it's 20,000, but anyways, it's unaffordable. Right, but of course that does go back to what Claudia was saying, which is, you shouldn't uh, get trapped in another country because another lockdown could be coming. And that's the idea of why you don't strand yourself in Italy. Well, I got to tell you, I have some friends who live here who haven't been here very long and they have kids who are in international school over here. And when this whole thing started getting some major attention, it was probably February here in Rome. So they'd been in Rome for only about a year. Yes, they lived here, but it wasn't like home home. You know, they still kept a small apartment in Los Angeles and they both had a lot of work still in the United States and they both went back and forth quite a bit for work. And I remember my friend saying, you know, I don't know what to do, like, because it wasn't an issue in the United States yet, but Italy in the North was starting to get very serious already in February. And I remember her saying, like, maybe we should just fly to the States. And I I thought about it and I said, I know this is going to sound crazy. I guess I was like having a moment of lucidity or something. I said, I think you're better off over here. I knew they had their apartment in the States. was very, very small. It was just sort of like a pied de terre that they kept just so that they had a place to stay when they were there for business. And they have this ginormous place in Rome. And, you know, their kids are enrolled in school over here. And, of course, the kids had to stop going to school. Um, you know, the school's closed on March 5th, but they're going back in September, it was a smart move that they decided to stay because, you know, they've been, they've been traveling all summer in Italy, going here, going there. If they were in the States, they'd be stuck at home. Or they should be. Or they should be. So, I mean, getting stuck in Italy. I remember when the United States said that they were going to block anyone coming from Europe. And uh, what a lot of people didn't realize was that did not apply to American citizens um, or their spouses and their children. So any American citizen in Italy could, at least after that point, obviously, you never know what's going to happen in the future. They might say, no, we're shutting it down entirely, although I don't know that that's legal to stop people from repatriating to their own country. But a lot of people got scared, a lot of students, a lot of expats, a lot of people on vacation, obviously, but just a lot. And there was this huge exodus of people from Italy to America. I remember one person I follow on Instagram and they were like, oh, I made it. Oh my gosh, I'm so relieved I made it. And then, you know, because Italy was so, you know, scary at that time. But it was like five days later, the tables turn. And in the end, like those of us who stayed behind, quote unquote, obviously for me, it's not staying behind. It's like I live here permanently, but, you know, we're better off here. So getting trapped in Italy, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not a bad thing, Katie. I kind of want you to be trapped over here. Yeah. Yeah, it could be interesting. I could work on my Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's a, a, a somewhat hopeful note. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry if this episode was kind of a bummer. Look, it is a bit of a bummer, but it is also reality. And, you know, we can't, can't really hide from reality. But, you know, me always looking on the bright side. I believe that this will end. I hope it will end by John Keats's 200th anniversary death day. I really hope that because I think it would be so poetic to 
quote unquote, celebrate. Very poetic <laughs> to celebrate that with you, especially as it will be your birthday. Yes. And so I'm really hoping for that. And, you know, if not, we'll just get that business license and we'll, uh, we'll say you have to come over. You might have to quarantine for two weeks, though. Hey, yeah. So you better get a place that you like. <laughs> yeah, I better. <laughs> with a balcony. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I guess we'll leave it there. And until <laughs> next time, <laughs> this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for listening. Our logo is designed by Jody Rick at The Lost Laboratory, with help from our muse, Caravaggio. Lori Lee Elliott manages The Bittersweet Life on YouTube. We have a brand new newsletter. If you want to hear what we're reading and thinking about once a month, let us know by sending an email to bittersweetlife at mail.com, and we'll put you on the list. And some of you write us the most beautiful emails. If you haven't already, leave us a review as well on your podcast app. Your support is vital to the show, so whether you send in a financial contribution at thebittersweetlife.net or spread the word about the show to your friends or through your social media by writing an article or doing an interview with us, we appreciate your support. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for keeping this show going. Take care, be safe, talk soon.